Welcome to On This Walk, a show about the winding journey of life in all its realness. I'm Luke Iorio. Please join me and my brilliant heart-centered guests each week as we look to navigate this journey more consciously and authentically, uncovering how to tap back into that sense of connection with self, with soul, and with something bigger than ourselves. Now let's go On This Walk. About a year ago, I was on a journey in Sedona which is a semi-frequent occurrence for me. And the reason in person behind that is another podcast yet to come. But I was on this journey and I connected with my walking partner for today. The community at these journeys is extremely open-hearted. It's giving and deeply soul-connected. So it's pretty easy to make new friends as it were. Anyhow, after the journey, some of us connect online as we do nowadays. And one day I saw a piece of writing from our guest, Samantha Jackson. She occasionally puts out these beautiful channeled writings and messages, and this one in particular was called Holding the Peace. We'll link to that particular post in the show notes. And holding the peace is a big, big, big topic right now. You see, everywhere we turn, we're being invited to take sides, to have an opinion, to weigh in, or we're being pulled in different directions, juggling all the things, the priorities, the keeping up with it all. We need to remember at our center, at our core, we are peace. And we are in peace. And that peace creates a container that can hold our lives and hold space in such a way as it begins to ground not only ourselves, but others around us as well. But how do we get there? How do we connect to this elusive peace within? Well, that's going to continue to be an ongoing conversation for On This Walk. And this is one of those conversations that's going to help take us further into it. So with that, Our guest today, my walking partner for today, is Samantha Jackson. Samantha is a lifelong intuitive empath and channel of the divine collective and her higher self. She currently lives in Saudi Arabia, although is moving back stateside in the coming months, with her husband and son, and is the host of her own podcast, Soul Journey, which you can find on Spotify, where she shares her channeled messages and interviews with people from around the world who have a unique soul print. She is a writer for the divine and shares her messages on her blog www.samantha-jackson.com to help people navigate the tough stuff in life. Samantha was also guided to create Letters from the Soul, which are personalized letters with deep insight into a person's soul. For those of you that are new to the show, do me a favor, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And now, let's go on this walk with Samantha and holding the peace. So, Samantha, as I thought about getting together today, and being able to have this conversation, you had written such a beautiful piece that we're going we're gonna to go into the, these beautiful channeled writings and messages that, that you share out to the world. And this one in particular on holding the peace, which I think is a huge, huge, important topic for us right now. And I think before we get there, though, it's you know one of the things that I always just kind of like to begin with is just this feeling of for you in this moment, what is it that feels alive that may need to be expressed? or released, or acknowledged, just in this moment as we come together? I think in this moment, coming together, I think to come alive is this friendship that we are, you know, creating with one another. And we've met each other very briefly, and still having that connection, and knowing that if you and I can create something like this, of a very brief introduction, we can do this with a lot of people. Mm. And I love that you reached out to me, I was so incredibly touched. I know that there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of interesting things to say, but really what's coming up for me is I feel such a beautiful sense of tribe with you and the friendship. 
Mm. That's really important to me. Smith, I, I appreciate that. It is actually kind of worth noting, right, that we just met very briefly. We're on a, a journey. We'll call it a journey. It's not really mm-hmm. a retreat. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not more that than kind that. Of, <laughs> a lot more than that. Out and, 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 you know, anybody that's followed me online can probably guess that it was in Sedona because I love spending time there. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's amazing when we can be in this kind of shared space, this container that allows us to be very, very open with each other even just the briefest of interactions can create that sense of connection and that sense of community and communion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I, I really appreciate you reflecting because I think that's, it is funny because I even thinking of you coming on and then, you know, seeing you kind of pop up on the video, it is, it's like seeing a friend and <laughs> it is. You know, we, it we, is. <laughs> we didn't spend a whole lot of time together. Nope. <laughs> and yet there is that sense. And I, I think maybe that's one of the things that I already encourage you know everybody to do is just to, mm-hmm. to recognize that, there are a lot of moments that we have available to us to focus on being in connection. And it does require a little bit of cultivation as well, yeah. right? It's, it, you can't True. take it for granted. So True. You, you have to put some energy into it. And you just reaching out to me is putting energy into it, right? Mm-hmm. And the immediate resonance I felt from you was pretty awesome, to be honest. And I think that just already just kind of lays the groundwork with like, oh, yeah. I can relate to this person and, oh yeah, this is going to be fun. And we have, we already have, we know we have some things in common, you know, we with do. The, the journey. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So, well, it's interesting because it's in talking about this piece that you wrote, which just mm. is really kind of the backdrop of our conversation. Although I, sure. I have a feeling there's a lot that's going to come out of it. <laughs> in introducing, introducing the writing that you did on this idea of holding the piece, it began with this great pause. And you, oh, you right. reference right, already some the resonance and, and some of the connections and similarities that we have. And I'll even, even just volunteer a little bit here of those that have been listening to the show. I don't know if I've put it in these words before, but let me be clear on this. I've sort of been in that great pause for like 18 months. It hasn't been like a, you know, like a couple of weeks here, right? And it, it began, like I was moving towards that great pause for, it was a couple of years in the making where I was going <laughs> to... I was going to take the pause or I was going to be paused. <laughs> it's right. really how, that's how life was constructing it, right? You know, I'll, I'll go into a little bit more of that, but just with a little bit of that as a preface, I'd love for you to just share a little bit of Absolutely. what that great pause has been for you. And let's talk about some of the nuances of it. You know, this is great to start with because this is the uncomfortable stuff. <laughs> and I was very uncomfortable during the great pause. Like mm. I, I stopped my podcast completely. I stopped my writing. I stopped everything. And I wanted to sort of curl up and go into a hole and not be around anyone. And it's not like I'm surrounded by a lot of people in Saudi Arabia. I mean, I have my community, but I'm already isolated. And that just wasn't enough. Like I needed to be more isolated. And I don't know. I was like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Am I going through a massive depression? Like what's happening? And I just really needed to go through some internal stuff that made me incredibly uncomfortable, incredibly tired. I didn't want to get out of bed. And I felt like, oh, how silly of me to start a podcast and then just stop it. Because I, the last one I did, it was in December. And then I just stopped. And I literally could not bring myself to do anything. I was like, I couldn't write. I felt big break in my connection to my spiritual self and my higher self or whatever you want to call it. That's usually kind of with me around wherever I go. And it sort of just went away. And I got very, very involved in the 3D of everything. Yeah. And then the news was getting really heavy and like just 
everything around me felt real dark and heavy. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just need to get through this. And yeah. I didn't know. I was a little embarrassed. I had people go, hey, are you still going to do your podcast? Like, <laughs> it just all stopped. Completely. And, yeah, completely. I want to ask you to go into that feeling of having lost some of that connection, right? The, yeah. the connection to the divine and, and to spirit and, yes. and soul and things like that. Just before you do, it's one of the things that I recognize as well as going through these processes and these pauses that I've been through over the course of, of maybe the last five or six years of, of different intermittent things. And it is interesting, the pull and that, like, that draw that you feel when other people say, but aren't you going to keep doing this or aren't you going to do this or isn't? What about yeah. that? And it's like you feel like this, oh, you know, the shoulds and the expectations start creeping up. Oh and it, it, it's a tough dance. I'd love for you to just say a little bit more about that connection, because I think that's, that's why I think actually some of those pulls are as dramatic as they are, is that the things that we're used to being tethered to don't feel like mm -hmm. they're there, or at least not mm -hmm. as readily. Mm -hmm. What I felt was like, oh, this is what everyone else feels like, <laughs> because <laughs> I was kind of walking around going, oh yeah, like I felt more of a need to drink more alcohol. Mm -hmm. I felt more sugar. I wanted more sugar and carbs. And I was just like, yeah, let's have pizza again. And just like, I felt this very much like pulling me kind of down. And then I was like, I'd made a promise to myself truly not to gossip about anyone. And I could feel like all these old versions of myself popping up and kind of going like, you know, you could talk about them, but mm -hmm. no, don't do that. It's wrong. You know, like it's just, I just kind of felt a lot of yuckiness, a lot of heaviness and very much just in the 3D. And I, and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, this is what losing that connection to something a little bit higher kind of feels like every day. And this yeah. is what I'm sure a lot of people feel like. And it was very lonely. It felt really lonely. And it felt like my, I was, my marriage was a little strained and motherhood was just very much beating me down and making me so tired. I didn't have energy to be with, be present with my son. And I, so if that kind of resonates with you, that's sort of yeah. what it really kind of felt like too. I recognize that experience as well. You get caught in, in continuing with that language of, of the 3D. I've also described this as, as kind of the horizontal aspect of who it is that we are as well, right? Sure. Is mm -hmm. We get caught in the doing of life, all the busyness, yes. the material, the happenings, the circumstances, the, you know, all the things that we can very easily connect to and get lost in. Why? Because that's the way that our brains and our senses are oriented is just to mm -hmm. the, the scene, right? The, the mm -hmm. stuff that's very specifically in front of us. And it's easy to start to get lost in that. And when we do, it does. It brings out a lot more of, for lack of a better way of saying it, it brings out more of the animalistic side of who it is we are, as opposed to the more conscious, sentient side of who we are as human beings, right? Mm -hmm. And so we mm -hmm. kind of, we feel that constriction. And then when we feel that constriction, we latch onto certain habits that are not healthy, that, that don't yeah. serve us, that don't support us. Absolutely. And it makes sense, right? Is if you feel like you've been separated from this either divine connection or this energy source, whatever it is that you believe that's beyond you, just we kind of get that out of the way is mm -hmm. you call it divine universe, life, the force, mm -hmm. hermit, I don't care. It could be any of any of the above, but it's something beyond you, right? Yeah, definitely. And when you, when you feel like you've left that connection in some way, and I recognize that throughout different periods of my life where I have felt that kind of that mm -hmm. darkness start to creep in, you look for where's the next energy source, right? We're going right. to plug into. Mm, you're right. That's right. And for me, I wasn't really 
I wasn't really finding it. I was yeah. just, I, it's like, I just couldn't get enough sleep. And then believe it or not, how ironic, and this sounds so weird and like not to be biblical or anything like that, but like around Easter time, I started to feel better. Right. <laughs> like, that's weird. And I didn't, I did not foresee that coming. And cause I didn't know when I was going to pull out of it, but it was yeah. just a funk. And it's so hard to know. It's just this uh, psychological funk. Is it a midlife funk? Is it a mm-hmm. menopause funk, perimenopause funk? What is it? The great part was that it did lift at some point and I didn't really do anything. I didn't do anything to make it lift. I want to talk about that kind of coming out part, whether it, it, like you said, was lifted or something contributed, but what was even to me, what was even the great part of the pause? Hmm. We don't always think about that side of it. And I'm just curious, you know, what, what was actually the greatness in that pause as well? The greatness in that was the reflection I had Hmm. of how much I didn't appreciate how I was normally operating until it's taken away a little mm. bit. Mm. And, and, so, and then I was just like, okay, well, I really miss that side of me and I can't wait for that to come back. And also there's some things I needed to work on. There's some debris, energetic, emotional stuff that I, it was coming to the surface for a reason. Yeah. And that said, take a look at me. Let's work through this. You've got some things you need to get through. And I felt like it was saying whatever my impression of it was like, you got to get through this stuff if you want to get to the next level. So start tackling these things that have been in the background, but now it's coming right up to the surface, whether you like it or not. And you need to tap, you still need to start tackling these one by one in your own unique way. And so appreciation for how I had been in the past with my like connection that seemed so seamless and effortless and a recognition that I had a lot of work to do still stuff. So much stuff to work on. Those are, those are great points. I think it's the, it's funny. I had a conversation just the other day and it reminds me of when we, now it seems like when I've gotten off track, I feel it much more quickly. Right. And so that notion of, right. Of, Oh, I don't feel, I don't feel like in, you know, my normal self, I don't feel in sorts, you know, I feel very out of sorts at this time. And so that, that recognition of when that imbalance begins to hit and that, that off-kilter, off-center begins to hit is much more finely tuned. That said, I love one specific word in there that I want to pull out sure. was the debris, the debris <laughs> that collects. I love that because it is, right? It's that, that we pick up this various debris that if we're not cleaning it out as it's coming up, which again, how can we? There's a lot to sort through at times. That that debris, the debris is going to accumulate and it's going to mm-hmm. stick with us, right? Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things I guess I wanted to call attention to was that these periods of time that we go into that we either are intentionally pausing or we're getting paused is that our energy is trying to surface something that it maybe is the debris that we're meant to be clearing out at that time. And why are yes. we so tired? Why are we so drained? Because we've been carrying it around for a really long time. Oh, that's an excellent point. I forget that we've been carrying it around, you know, like I get distracted with life and I forget about that. And that's a really excellent reminder. And just real quick for you, when you were kind of going through this pause, what was something that you were feeling and you were going through? Was it similar to what I said or was it a little different? Yeah, it's... Yes. So what I was feeling was very, very similar because I mm-hmm. could feel the fatigue. I could feel the dis- the disconnection was probably the most painful because that feeling of, which may spin us off into a whole other conversation at some point in, in this chat, but I have felt that pain of separation in different ways throughout most of my life. And so this period of time when I got very, very disconnected, 
I mean, it literally, it felt like something had been taken out of me and it felt like something was deeply missing in me. And so I felt hollow. And now I can look back and that this was a multi-year process with ins and outs, like valleys and peaks going through this. It was not just one, one long void or pause, but what I can go and look back on now is that what really triggered a lot of this for me was a major shift in identity because I was, I was exiting out of a business that I'd been part of for 17 years. And mm-hmm. it had been kind of like leading up to that transition. And then I'll crap the transitions here. And then no, I'm not helping them out with anything anymore. And I'm left to my own devices. And then all of a sudden it's like, what do I do? Who am I? Right. Yes. And so it was just this, it was sort of planned. And at the same time, once you're in it, it feels like the depth of it was not intended because I didn't know that was where I needed to go. Mm-hmm. And you do, you just feel the weight of it. You feel the fatigue of it. You feel a lot of things that almost feel like they're catching up to you, meaning the, you know, the things you haven't resolved, the things that maybe you've carried around are saying, okay, it's time. Let's go through this. And it's, it's a process. You know, it's a very, very definite, intentional, conscious process to go through. I'm curious, how did, I guess part of this is probably very, very clear of how did you know you were coming out of the great pause? Because I'm sure you probably could feel the energy lift. You could feel some of the connection that was there. But I guess it's more of the, maybe talk me through that part of the experience of when you were feeling some of the lifting and what did that feel like? And then what were you able to start reconnecting to at that point? Mm. It was so beautifully subtle. It almost seemed like every day around in March, every day something was happening that was getting me a little bit lighter and lighter and lighter. I was caretaking for some animals, some cats that I adopted that were in bad shape and they were getting better. It was almost like they were following me. Mm. (laughs) They literally fell apart. When I was in mm. my deepest disconnect, mm. which I thought was just ironic. I couldn't believe that. And so like they were getting better. That kind of helped me get better. And it was just like, it felt like I started looking at things differently. I also went to mm. Sri Lanka. I have to say Sri Lanka helped me a lot too. It's only a four hour flight from where we are in Saudi. And I felt screaming in my mind, I needed nature and I needed a break mm. and I needed a different nature. And it was just beautifully timed in March that we went to Sri Lanka. And then I just sat with the ocean for a while Mm. and I let myself get tumbled in the waves. And it just like, it was like a scrub brush that took off some of that extra debris, Mm. even though it was uncomfortable and a little bit scary. (laughs) I just let it hit me and it was amazing. And I was like, whoa. I needed this more than I realized I needed this. And, you know, it just might seemingly seem like a wave, you know, no big deal. It's a wave coming and crashing on the shore. But for me, it was something so much more. And then I had a beautiful conversation with a driver that we hired who told me about some of the sacred sites in Sri Lanka. Mm. And he started to get chills just talking to me about it. I just Mm. asked him. It was nothing woo or weird. I just asked him a question and his Mm. hair just stood up and I was like, Oh, good. <laughs> Energy's still there. Some of that. Yeah. We, still, we still got something going on. Like it was, it was interesting and fun. And I was like, oh, yay. And then it was just being in nature, seeing some beautiful elephants and animals and going to the jungle and the ocean. And then also feeling my family unit. It's just the three of us just heal and get tighter. So I have to mm-hmm. say being in nature in Sri Lanka, something about that really helped 
kick off the hardness, the heaviness. It lifted a lot for me. And then when I went back to Saudi, I was able to just kind of restart, reboot and kind of open. I could feel all my centers opening again. And then I kind of realized that like, look, this doesn't need to be so hard. I don't need to be struggling so much. I can, I'm going to get over this and I can feel it. So it was just kind of a combination Mm. of traveling and leaving Saudi, Mm -hmm. feeling what I felt from nature and then just naturally feeling a lot of the stuff sort of come off. Yeah. That that's interesting because it, it, for everybody tuning in, not a surprise, nature has come back up in this conversation. <laughs> and sure. it's right because it, it seems to be a very, very common thread. And I think why is because it's one of the places that we go to, number one, take space, right? To get connected back to the vastness of what we are in and what we are a part of. And even, you know, seeing those big landscapes or the big vistas or being surrounded yeah. by anything, right? It just it you yeah. feel the sense of opening, you feel the sense of of space. And I think that's, you know, maybe one of the things also in terms of when we are in those periods where we're either in a great pause or we're in between things, or we're going through some some challenging stuff, is it seems like those events and those experiences just keep getting stacked one on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And we don't take the time to take space to keep them separated. You know, I've even had a recent conversation of doing that on like a daily basis because it just it adds up to very, very quickly. There's also something about this, and I'd love for you to just share even any other thoughts on this. For me, the element, there's something very, very healing about nature. Yes. And for me, I think there's something that unconsciously was there before, consciously, I think is there now, is that being in nature reminds me that I am nature. Yes. Absolutely. I actually said that to myself in a meditation mm. when I had the motivation to get up one morning, cause I'm not perfect with that once in a while, like I'll get up when I feel it, but I don't do it every day. Yeah. But when I did get up to do a meditation, it said, I am the ocean. Yeah. I am the peacocks in mm. Sri Lanka being extremely loud in the morning. I am that I am the rock formations. I am the elephants. I am all of these things. And I kept saying that to me. And you know what was so great? I kept this to myself. But in that moment when I was in Sri Lanka, I felt like nature had my back. And that nature was reminding me that like, look, kid, life gets rough, but I still got you. And you can always come back to me to kind of clear out. And I was like, oh, yeah. It just sort of felt like some arms were being put around me and taking care of me and telling me to like sort of wake up and don't forget the beauty and the healing of just being in nature. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's funny. It's, it reminds me of a time very recently, some, some work I've been doing. I've been spending a lot of extra time in nature for some practices and, and healing I've been doing. Mm-hmm. And there was this moment, I, you know, very often I'll sit in nature and I'll intentionally have a focal point of my view, right? Of mm-hmm. whether it's looking out of the ocean or it's a particular rock, a particular tree, something that just has really, truly drawn my attention. Mm-hmm. And there's one day that I do that I sit down and I go to look at this one particular gorgeous tree that was in the middle of a forest I was in. And then I immediately just feel that kind of like that inner message of, no, 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 come sit with me today. Right. And it was, yeah. it was literally to sit with my back to the tree and it was like, no, 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 I got you. Come sit here. Come sit with me and look out this way. Yes. It feels like that. It feels like a parent who knows better. It's like, no, get over here. Come and be with me. And yeah, I feel that very much so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it it slows you down. You feel that support that's there. It is. I mean, it's, I forget the, the 
the exact quote, but it's it's to to move at the pace of nature. And I forget which poet had had said that. Mm. And it's just it just reminds me, right? Of there's so many of these different cycles and things that, that nature does to balance itself, to bring itself, to restore itself back to balance and to peace and to settle in the way that it needs to. And a lot of the way that we push in that 3D we were talking about, and as we described it before, is to push against kind of the pattern of timelines and the pace that things are meant to move at. And instead, it's like, no, 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 we've got to get this done by the end of the month. We've got to get this done by the next quarter. And we've got to get this done by the next, right? And we're moving at this just feverish pace. Oh, yeah. I have to say, one of the things about Saudi is life is slow. Life mm. is very slow in Saudi Arabia. Mm. <laughs> and w- since I've been home, this I resonate with this so much because I've just been home for a couple weeks back in Minnesota mm. and I'm in my car and I'm buzzing over here and over there and I'm going to this, you know, see this person, that person. And it's just constant. I don't even have time to send a message to hardly anyone because I'm driving or I'm, yeah. and it's so busy. Yeah. And when you're in Saudi, it is unbelievably slow. There are no errands to run. There's mm-hmm. no target to go to. There's no, mm-hmm. there's just, I mean, we, we have a mall and stuff, but it's just a lot of times you're, it's too hot. You don't even want to get in your car. You just don't want to go because it's, it's too hard. I don't know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. It's not easy always to get around. And the traffic mm-hmm. is really dangerous and scary and it's stressful. It's so mm-hmm. stressful. You'd rather stay at home. You don't yeah. even want to go to the mall. Yeah. And so when you say that busyness, I see that. And, you know, with the work that you've done, you've done so much work in with yourself and Sedona. And I was looking at all the beautiful nature photos you had on your website. How do you find a balance between the busyness and the still? It's funny because what was coming up in my head as you were even describing that is there's a time when you're going through the struggles where actually that busyness can provide you with movement. And that's not a bad mm. thing either. Right. True. So, it's, so I, I'm glad I'm glad you asked it the way that you did, because it is a question of balance. Right. There's mm-hmm. times where movement is actually needed because things have gotten too stagnant. They've gotten you too feel alive. Yeah. yeah. You feel alive and you're moving and going places. Yes, I do feel that as well. And then there's flip side of my MO. You know, my patterns have been to be too busy and uh-huh. to, to constantly do to be way too active. And that's the grace that's appeared for me in this pause. And it was it's been building towards this is. I need that space. Like I need the space to be in nature, to be connected there. Because for me, that's, that's my church. That's where I get my connection from. Yes. And as a result of that, everything else is smoother. There were the days that it used to be that, you know, my wife Dawn would look at me and she'd joke. She's like, okay, I can just tell the, the stress is there. You're more agitated. You're irritable. Go work out. Well, now yeah. it's, you haven't been outdoors. You haven't been outdoors oh, enough. You haven't been awesome. out like on a hiking trail or out kayaking or on the water, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she's like, you're missing that. You need to plug in. That's where you plug in. And it's become very central to my life. Now, the, the thing that has shown me balance in this is that I'm now recognizing the things that I'm doing of whether it be this podcast, some other things I'm doing offline, some other ventures I'm taking a look at and things like that, they're happening more effortlessly with greater ease. And I have more peace in the way that I approach them because now it's not like, oh, am I going to miss out? Or, oh, this has to be done on time. Or, oh, it has to be this. And instead, it fits into a rhythm that's getting created because I feel like I'm more in harmony or more in rhythm with that nature time. And Mm -hmm. so when I do need to be busy, I can be busy. 
and I can I can do what I need to get done. And I can be very very busy for periods of time, and I keep dipping back into where's my nature time, where's my slow time, mm-hmm. and just you know finding it in it's a pattern, it's a rhythm that yeah. I think is going to be different for it's going to be different for everybody listening, but it's discovering that absolutely. I think it's critical for our self care and everybody. It's one thing to just say yeah, you should get out in nature, but you really have to have a, maybe a routine or just something to really get you out there because we all know we should be, but it's so easy to get distracted by other things. Let's take our own pause here. I want you to consider the question Samantha just asked me. How do you find a balance between the busyness and the still? Think of it this way. The busyness is the external. It's the outer. It's where we feel movement. It's where we move forward in life. We do things. So in this way, perhaps we can even call this the doing and not just simply busyness, although that doing can get pretty busy pretty quickly. It gets busy and it gets busier still when we don't balance it with the still. Think of the still as the inner. It's our inner life and world. And we can't hear and feel this inner world clearly if we're always on the go, if we're always focused outside of ourselves. Sure, we may take moments to hear our inner dialogue, but is that dialogue truly your inner world? Or is it your mind chatter commenting on the outer world? Your authentic inner dialogue, as you've heard us come back to repeatedly on this show, is a rich conversation. It's one that moves gently as if it's unfolding naturally, revealing in rhythms. It's so important for us to hear this dialogue and to sense and feel in rhythm with our inner life, our inner movement. And then again, at the same time, we can't only stay there. It's about balance. So I return to the question, slightly reframed. How do you balance between the doing and the still, the outer and the inner? Take time to walk with this. Maybe even do some journaling. You can even go back to the last episode, episode 10, with Billy Ward and Erica Doy. Throughout that conversation, around 24 minutes in, 39 minutes in, again, around 54 minutes in, we each talk about ritualizing what's important to you. And we all share a bit of our own practices of what we've ritualized to support this process of staying in balance. Now let's rejoin our conversation and our walk with Samantha. Let me shift us a little bit into the writing that kind of provoked some of of this conversation initially is, as I mentioned, the very, very top. You've been very, very blessed to do these wonderful channeled writings and and messages that kind of stream through. And as part of that connection, you had written this beautiful message about hold the peace. And as part of one of the, was it, this was the first thing that you did coming out of the great pause. Yeah, sure was. Sure was. There we go. Right. (laughs) Let's go from, from, you know, zero to, to big stuff. And I, I think it, there's a lot of reasons why it stood out to me, but certainly in the backdrop of what we're going through collectively and what people are going through personally right now, yeah. this idea of holding the peace is a very important one, but also probably one that not as many people may relate to right now because okay. of what life sure. looks like. Exactly. And so I'm, yeah. Right. And so I, I, yeah. I was wondering if maybe if you could begin, begin it with you know, a little bit of kind of what streamed through for you and maybe even a little, when we say hold the peace, mm-hmm. what does that mean to you? What does that look mm-hmm. like to you? Sure. 
before I started my writing, I was getting into a bit of a state. I call it a little bit spacing out <laughs> because I was asking kind of my higher self and sort of God, whoever was listening, that I just said, what can we do with this negative news cycle that's happening and the shootings? And what can I provide people that's different? That's just something that's not going to be to help them with the, the, like the PTSD of the news, the trauma of the news, not necessarily have an answer or solution to anything, but just what can I sort of just give people a little bit? So I kept, I was just standing in my office and I kept hearing over and over holding the peace, holding the peace. And it just repeated. And I was like, okay, I think it's time to write. And it's like, yeah, you need to write this. So I sat down and I was holding onto this thread of consciousness that I was getting. I was like, okay, give me a minute. Let's go. And so what it initially, the impression I was getting of what that meant was going into the individual to ourselves. Because when you hear the news, it's the collective news happening to everyone. And it makes us worry about everybody around the planet. And it's overwhelming. It's a little too much. And so it was like, just hold the peace for yourself. Let's just get really simple. Go back to just you for now. Yes, it's wonderful to think of others. Yes, it's wonderful to have everything in mind and be mindful, but let's just work with what we can work with. And that's just ourselves. So it's important to create peace internally just for yourself, even to tolerate the news that you know you turn on or you hear, and it's going to come at you one way or another, whether you intend to or not, or And it's just like, okay, let's not get overwhelmed. Let's not go into trauma response. Let's not go into fear. Let's not go into worry. Let's control this a little bit, get grounded, get centered, and just go into taking care of yourself first and foremost. There's an element here that I guess maybe just struck me as the way that you describe that, because it's, there's no other way to to say it, is that media, news, social media, even the way the algorithms are written, are meant to provoke us based off of traumas, fears, projections, et cetera, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it leads to better ratings. There's money behind it. There's all sorts of things. And so I'm calling everybody's attention to it, not that it's probably the first time you've heard it, but there's different elements here of when you are looking to hold the peace. And Samantha, I'm curious as to, to how you then relate to this, is that one of the ways that you begin to hold the peace is also looking at what gets provoked in you. Because that's part of our stuff that we're clearing out, right? Mm-hmm. And so very often when I find myself moving to this place where I'm not holding that peace, meaning that I'm getting very engaged by the story that's there, and I can feel the judgment that wants to come in. I can feel the blame, or I can feel the stress, or I can feel the trigger that's there. It's then saying, okay, wait a minute, that's my stuff. They may be portraying something that's bringing it out, and maybe I want to go there, but me adding more fuel to this fire, me adding more anger into this argument is not going to support anything. It's going to make it worse. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious just, you know, from your perspective as well, I recognize that when I get stirred in that way, that's actually a call. It's like calling my attention to, hey, there's some stuff here for you to take a look at. And it's not to say that we can't advocate for certain viewpoints and things like that that we have, but it's very different when you advocate from this power of peace than when you are just caught in the story and it's yeah. judgment and blame in the same cycle that, that's already out there and perpetuated. Right, right, right. Judgment and blame, those are really strong words. And I think we have really maxed out 
because we're in social media. We have, we're, we're everybody, we're hearing everyone's judgment and blame. It's almost judgment and blame overwhelm because we don't have that separateness anymore with before social media. So for me, I get triggered just like everybody else. But what I have been reminding myself was I am not here to partake in that. I have to, I hear it. I feel it. I try to let it process through my body and then leave. But my job is to definitely not engage, resist and go higher, go higher every time, just constantly go higher. Because I know for a fact, when I do engage, stuff blows up in my face. There's a huge consequence when for whatever reason, me in particular, I don't know if it's my vibration or what it is I'm here to do, but when I engage, it gets ugly. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I have to remember that no matter how much I might disagree with something that's being said or whatever, if I engage, it sort of explodes. And I'm trying to be responsible and I'm trying to maintain a different viewpoint and sort of figure out a way for myself. And I'm not an expert at this by any means, but just sort of figure out a way to go to neutrality, no matter what is during getting sent my way, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if it rocks me to my core and it's so terrible. I mean, I will cry over the news all the time. I cry all the time. And then I have to just sort of let it out and get it out of my system. And it's something in me being triggered it's something, you know, and maybe they're doing it on purpose with these algorithms or whatever, but I cannot and absolutely cannot engage. I just can't engage. I can't share my political view on things or I did it and I got in big trouble, <laughs> really big trouble. Mm-hmm. And I had loads of people fighting on my social media stuff. And I was like, they don't even know each other. And they're mm-hmm. oh, like, oh my gosh, this is a nightmare. So I just have to I can't engage like everyone else. I'm not allowing myself to either because I did and it didn't work out. One thing I heard in there, a few things I heard in there. One of the things that was there is finding ways of letting out the energy that's building in healthy ways. So like you you said, crying and things like that, something I, I know well as, as well, is mm-hmm. ways that we can move our energy with ourselves and within a space that does not put that energy on other people. Right. So that it's healthy way of being able to clear whatever it is that needs to be cleared. I use things like not just meditation, but journaling. I love journaling. I love journaling. Right. Yes. Yes. Everybody's heard me talk about circling before. It's another way of being able to move and clear energy in council. Right. What is circling real quick? I don't know what that means. Yeah. So circling is, is usually a gathering of about six to eight people. It can actually be done larger, but think of it as six to eight people. And each person, the goal is not to get advice, to solve anything, nothing along those lines. It's really for personal expression. So every Mm -hmm. single person that's there may have five or 10 minutes that is totally theirs to express whatever it is that they need to let off their heart at that time. Mm whatever Mm -hmm. they need to be put on into that space. And the others that are in that circle with you are offering you a deep level of presence to witness your experience, to witness your expression. So you feel like you're being held in this very, very safe and sacred way with no judgment, with just acceptance for you to be able to move or express or share or declare, or even, you know, argue and fight, but with yourself and with what you need to to move that energy out back into the world. It's a it's a wow. wonderful process. 
and been around in, in many, many different ways, shapes and forms for thousands of years, actually. And so I heard this, this letting out of energy in a healthy way. The other thing I heard you allude to is each of us, and I think this is one of the things I'm coming back to even more often now, is asking myself, what is it that I have to contribute to mm-hmm. this, right? This moment, this experience, this exchange, this relationship, this issue, whatever. And then it becomes more of a reflection of, okay, well, if is all I want to contribute my argument for why my view is better? Is that what I want to contribute? Because right. I don't, I see that as engaging in the same food fight exactly. that's already occurring. And I wish it was only a food fight. And instead, it's like, okay, well, what I want to be able to contribute, coming back to the, the thread of this conversation, are things like peace and compassion and kindness and forgiveness. Well, if I want to contribute those things, what am I doing within myself to get myself to that place? And I think that's, that's sort of where I come back you know, to, Samantha, to your process of how do you begin to restore that, that peace? Now, let's use that as the, the, the entry point here within yourself. So that however it is that you engage, it's not engaging from that place of story. It's not engaging in terms of the emotions or the energy that needs to fly and roar out. Instead, it's how do you then be able to engage, maybe not in that situation, but with the world. But it begins with how do you get yourself, how do you restore that peace within you first? Yeah. So when I'm really agitated from something, how do I go from that to being more peaceful? Yeah. I think for me personally, I need to be alone, number one. I need to have a quiet space because I'm sensitive. I need to just be engulfed in my own energy, number one. And then I would say in a more practical way for people, if they want to get an idea of how to find a way to peace for themselves, journaling, absolutely. Remembering the things in my life that are really simple and really beautiful, Mm. really simple, really, really simple. Like, getting a, a sweet little hug from my son, laughter, big time. Laughter is the, one of my favorite ways to move energy. Going back to just simple appreciation of the animals and of the people and just of a day, just a day, the sun coming up. Just, I mean, it's almost hyper-simplifying everything mm. that I get to take a bath <laughs> you know, just something really simple of that. That's the really like concrete, normal, grounded stuff of finding your way to a kind of a more peaceful state. It's a lot about the nervous system too, calming the nervous system down and that sympathetic nervous system, that vagus nerve, calming that down, whatever it takes to calm that sucker down. Like just, you know, it's so important. And then on a more kind of spiritual side is going into meditation Mm -hmm. and then feeling myself spiral up into a higher, higher level of consciousness. Now that's Mm -hmm. me personally, Mm -hmm. not everyone Mm -hmm. wants to do that or can do that or calling my best friend and just having a wonderful conversation, Mm. laughing, being silly. It's almost like just take a break already and don't take this stuff so seriously and just get back to a little bit of your inner child, a little bit of that, that lightness, that easiness, reminding your friend of a very embarrassing, funny story or something like that. And just laughing about it. I love calling my friend Franca and being very weird with her. Sometimes being weird is a great way to move energy. It's a good thing. Absolutely. (laughs) 
<laughs> One of my, so, my favorite, favorite phrases for my kids is telling them to embrace their weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been told I'm really weird my whole life. And, you know, that's different for everybody's interpretation. But there's something great in being really weird. And I think sometimes that gets you out of that seriousness, that heaviness yeah. of whatever it is that's around you. And, yeah. and you just sort of automatically go, oh, I just sort of feel more peaceful. Mm-hmm. I'm calmer. I'm more myself. I'm more grounded. And I think it's easy for us sensitive people to really lose ourselves. And it's getting back to who you are and whatever that, however that looks. So some of the the kind of the qualities and placeholders that I want to throw out to everybody was this conversation around simple or simplify. I get back Mm -hmm. down to the simple things, the, the beauty that is in things. Laughter is one of those things that can be both silly as well as very, very simple. And it restores a certain sense of connection within us as well. There's that stillness that we can take. And I'll, I'll go off that in a second. But there's also that awe and that wonder, right? Of like you said, of mm-hmm. even just being out in, in nature, being out to see the day, to see the sunrise, to see the sunset, just to see even a, a bird fly by or a butterfly or a flower, just something really, really simple that we can just be in so wonder simple. of, right? And it, it evokes that, it evokes that wonder in us and what you're doing. I am not, I'm resisting right now. I want to talk about the nervous system so badly, but I'm going to resist because <laughs> yeah. that's a whole other conversation. It but totally I love is. that you brought that up because it, <laughs> the, the, you know, the quick, the quick, you know, reinforcement here, right? Our nervous systems are completely overstimulated. And so completely. that ability to, how do we drop back in, slow that sucker down so that we can come back into some level of coherence with ourselves and with that higher whatever you want to call that higher consciousness for you. I think the other thing, there's a lot of other, actually there's two other things I didn't want to lose because you mentioned calling your friend, but I also, you mentioned that about the, I don't know if it was the, the, the taxi driver, or the tour guide you were with yes. and you were asking about the sacred sites, right? Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. that sense of connection that can come through a, a genuine conversation oh, that gives so people beautiful. the space to just share, to express, to be this here, right? Yeah. It moves so much energy. And it, it literally, you feel like you're reconnecting to humanity again when you can get into those spaces. And I guess I wanted to go off that because not only do I think that dialogue is incredibly important, and I just want to see what else you have to share on this, this point. I know you said this for your process, but I have also taken to journaling with my higher self, with soul, with God, with parts of me that have been separated and disowned through the years. Yeah. I've created a way of dialoguing through journaling is the easiest. That's the way that it it works easiest for me. Some actually do it Mm -hmm. through full dialogue, but it's amazing to me that when you can get into that more still space, when you, whether it's through meditation or whatever it is that really drops you below your nervous system Mm. and to ask that big question of whatever energy you want, what direct it to life, universe, God, divine soul, whatever you want to direct it to, and just allow yourself to move through that conversation. I have always been and continue to be wowed and amazed with what we have access to. Incredible. And so I just, I, I, is there anything more that you could even just share on just how that works for you or how that, what that process looks like for you to be able to tap into these messages the way that they come through for you? Mm-hmm. Well, it all started out when I was 12. I got a journal as a gift from my dad's funeral. And so one of his girlfriends gave it to me. <laughs> That's a 
had a lot of girlfriends. And so one, this beautiful woman gave me this journal for the first time. And she said, I hope you can use this to help you through your grieving process. And, mm. and it, something magical has happened. And at a very young age, you know, I initially wrote it to like all my problems. I would write in the journal and, oh, this is terrible. And, yeah. and then the next thing I knew over the next few years, I started answering my own problems. I started solving my own issues. And I was like, that's interesting. I always come up with a solution. And then it morphed even more. But the process is it feels like when I sit down in a, with a pen and paper, it's just this really special time I have to create some sort of invisible cord between something neat and something much higher. And then I have the paper to give it time and space to come through. And sometimes it takes a while. It's not fast. I like the slow process. I like it being slow and I like it. I like to go back and then read what I, what what came out. And I think there's something so sacred and beautiful with journaling that it makes me kind of pause and then I'll write again and then I'll pause. And it just, it's just, just really beautiful, like communication that's happening. Yeah. And then you write it down and you go back and look at it and go, whoa, I can't believe that came out. Yeah. Look how amazing that is. I don't know if everybody that's tuning in here gives themselves enough credit for what they have access to oh my goodness, and how yes, much can be, right? right? What, what's already within them, whether it's within them or, or the connection they have access to within themselves. Absolutely. And what we can do to bring that through that contributes to holding the peace and bringing that peace further into the world, holding that joy, holding that beauty, holding that love that's so inherent to, to all we, you know, all that we are. And most of us, you know, and I've gone through this myself, I've been in the industry that, you know, one of the industries that, that kind of, you know, emphasized this was this idea of going to others for the answer and going to others for True. the solutions, right? When we have access to so much, it's not to say we can't get help. We can't, by all means, getting help, getting guides. I still do that. And me too. I'm also just as balanced with saying, maybe on this one, I'm going to sit with this before I go to anybody. Let me be with this energy. Let me be with the discomfort of this. Let me be with the uncertainty of this and be okay with the fact that I don't, I'm not going to fix this right away. Yeah. Right. Right. And I guess maybe that's, it's kind of like the, if I start to kind of bring us a little bit around, there were two other things I just wanted to bring up. One kind of a little bit of a a different direction and then one to, to ground us. I'm curious for you. And we sort of alluded, I guess, to some of this before. How do things, even like fear and stress, actually serve as ways of returning you to peace? Ooh. Part of it is it can get so uncomfortable for me that I'm like, ah, I want to get out of this. <laughs> so it's almost just a catalyst. Mm-hmm. Not that I can't sit with fear and discomfort, because I can. I have for long periods of times, but it really is a reminder of how the state that I don't want to be with, I don't want to be in. Mm -hmm. It makes me so present. That's the one thing that's kind of good about it. It does make you very, very present. When you're really in it, whatever that emotion, that powerful emotion is, you really can't think of anything else. And it is a great teacher, but then it just pushes me to go, okay, I need to take some deep breaths. I need to think about what's, what all this is coming up. And I need to also kind of check in, like, is this really true? Is this really real fear? Or is this kind of a false fear? Is Mm -hmm. this, 
I need, it's like, I kind of go through a process. Like let's say just public speaking, for example, you can get really scared and really nervous before doing that. And one of the things I always tell myself is, this isn't a big deal. It's not a big deal. Hmm. No, not, not, not many people are going to hear this or no, you're just, you're, it's no big deal. Nothing. Anyone can do this. You're just talking, you know? <laughs> so that's just, I keep like downplaying, downplaying. And it's because mm. it's like opposite of the mind chatter of that gets you really revved up. I start doing the opposite of that mm-hmm. to calm me down so mm-hmm. I can find this nice center mm-hmm. kind of with the nervous system again, like nice mm-hmm. center. So yeah, does that answer your question? That's actually, gonna, <laughs> that's going to lead to my, my next question. I just wanted to kind of break that down a little bit is that one, as you mentioned, that it, it can serve as a catalyst. Number two is that it can bring you very present. And then it's where, where I think you went, which is what I think is now my process is that it can also kick off a period of exploration for you. And mm. I think that's right. And, and that's, that I think for me is, is how it now appears is it takes a moment, right? Cause you can get caught in the story of, of the fear of the stress that's there. And it's also like, okay, something, if I want, let me explain it this way. Several years ago, quite a few years ago. I had recognized that the value that I had around freedom had shifted. It used to be to do what I want, when I want, with whom I want. And then it was, it, no, this is actually about inner freedom. It's not about the circumstances. It's not about any of those mm-hmm. things. I want to feel that freedom within to just simply purely be who I am. And so I chose freedom. Well, the universe is a jokester. And the universe <laughs> realizes that, oh, if you want freedom, then I'm going to bring you everything in the world that shows you how you're not free. And so like all of my beliefs, all of my limit, like everything I was doing to block my own freedom was just like right there, front and center, right smack in front of my face. Yes. And so I I share that because I I now, having been through that, I am aware of it at least. Maybe it still takes some time, you know, in in different experiences, but Mm -hmm. peace is the same way. I know that at the center of everything for me is returning, restoring that peace that's within me. And so I now recognize that fear and that stress is like invitations to mm-hmm. clear because there's something here that is True. preventing or blocking your peace, right? Absolutely. And it's that, that yes. that's what the exploration that you, you brought up of kind of, well, where is this coming from? Is this a real fear? Is this not a real fear? That's part of that exploration that led me to be able to see that. Again, very different when you're going through it. <laughs> it's very easy to talk about right now. <laughs> totally. You might not be wanting that invitation. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> there's every once in a while, there's some invitations I'd rather send back. RSVP, yeah, no. Totally. But it is part of, it's recognizing that's part of what's going on is that things are being surfaced for you. And another way of looking at this is actually the, the, the other thing that you, you started to bring up with a little bit of the description of, of like public speaking is, is one of those things. Mm-hmm. is I am curious about how you see the relationship between peace and balance. Ooh, gosh, way to hit me with some doozies. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, that's so interesting because it just started made me think about another blog post, a channel post that I did on reciprocity and mm-hmm. having balance. Like I saw like a pendulum going back and forth in my mind and it talked about how having the balance of reciprocity can lead to peace. (laughs) So this is interesting because peace is, you know, when I think of peace, the second word is calm. I think of calm. I think of an inner glowing of contentment. 
Mm. This glow of like, I'm all right. You know, I'm at peace. I am in peace. Nothing is triggering me at this moment. (laughs) No matter what's, you know, it's nothing. I'm just centered. I'm grounded. I'm whole. I'm not fragmented. And it feels like I'm just so happy to be me in this peace. Mm. And balance to me is an ability to take everything in and equalize it. And you're not too far on either extreme. And you're, for example, balance is a conversation, an equal sharing, listening, giving, taking, balance. And I think it's so important to have balance with what you eat. And, you know, again, what we talked about time in nature and time in the busy city and busyness of life. But that also can lead to another kind of sense of wholeness as well. It's not going too far with extremes, I guess. And it's finding your inner center, but enjoying both things at the same time. I keep thinking of flow with balance, just flow. Like just that, almost that like infinity symbol of Mm. going here and then coming back and going here Mm. and coming back and balancing left to right. And you're, you're balanced. And that's what I keep feeling. And then again, peace is more just this beautiful, glowing, happiness, contentment inside of you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. The, The way that you described peace and when that sense of calmness kicks in and you end up in this space where it's like, you're sitting in the center of that Mm -hmm. and you discover that this is what I am and this is the energy of what I am. Mm -hmm. And it's just this, this unbelievable, beautiful energy that's there and you Mm -hmm. feel full balance. You know, you feel the wholeness, you feel balance when you're in that state Mm -hmm. and also the way you describe it. And, and I think for me as well is that balance is also another way into peace is that in that balance that if we can find our way to be on the infinity loop of life, Mm -hmm. of the in Mm -hmm. and the outer. Parker Palmer talks about this as the Mobius strip. The Mobius strip is an infinity loop that uh, effectively turns in and on itself. So what is within comes without. What is without comes within. And we're constantly Mm -hmm. moving on this this beautiful strip. That to me, it's it's interesting because that that both describes balance, but yeah. To me, that's a very, it's, I feel the piece of that also in the movement mm-hmm. of the way mm-hmm. that it flows, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I guess maybe I'm bringing it up not so much for us to fully answer, yeah. but for us to it's ask. Just my impression. My yeah, impression. to give our impressions of it and to let everybody sit with that is to just reflect on what's that relationship between balance and peace for you. Because mm-hmm. there is a, there's a very, very definite relationship that's there, even if we can only put some words to it at this time. More importantly, are the words you're going to put to it. And so <laughs> at, that feels like a, a good place for us to, to come around fully. But I guess just before we do sign off for the day, Samantha, I'm just curious, if there's anything else that you feel moved to express today? I think it's important to, I kept hearing the word, be a witness coming through, to witness, be a witness of everything that's going on. I know in my heart that, There's going to be some tough news coming up and I don't know what it's going to be, of course, but I just, we all need to find kind of like our connection to our own inner strength and our own inner resilience to weather the storms that are going to be coming, the storms that have already come 
and to be just a witness of the world and try not to get too activated in it. Mm. Just say, okay, this is happening. This is really rough, but we're all going to survive and we're all going to be okay. And to sort of like let it come in and let it come out. Because the whole point of why I wrote the piece was the negative news cycle. And if there's just any kind of tidbit, if it helps anyone at all, and again, I'm not an expert on this, but it's just purely feeling for me, is that to weather the storm and just witness everything happening and try not to, just try not to get so engaged and upset. Because we really, we don't need to be getting upset all the time, you know? It just, it doesn't, it's not fair. (laughs) We shouldn't get that. You know, like, even though there is bad news, like we just, we deserve to have some more homeostasis and just just some more calm and peace in ourselves. Mm. I think that speaks to what you, you know, you, you brought up before is balancing off that nervous system and in the sense of finding ways so that we can allow ourselves to deescalate what's going on as opposed to being part of the energy that keeps escalating, escalating, escalating. So that's part of, of what I heard in, in that process. But that, that phrase of to witness, to, to be a witness is a very, very powerful one. And I think mm-hmm. what I would encourage everybody to do, because this is through my own process, my own journey of learning how to be a better witness, if I use that, mm-hmm. that better word loosely, is to witness what's going on beneath what's being said or the actions being seen, to be a witness to what might that person's pain be, what might their story have been, what might have their experiences in life been to bring them to these experiences that they're having now. And it's, it's looking, looking deeper. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I took both from some of the words that were within holding, holding the piece of, of what you wrote and some of what I see underneath it was that we may engage in the storms at the the sea level and all the crashing waves, or we can go deeper and look into what's not being seen, what's mm-hmm. not being said, what's what maybe are we feeling that isn't being acknowledged because it is underneath because all of this other surface stuff is going on. Mm-hmm. And I think the more that we can start to bear witness to each other in these deeper ways and not get caught in the pain cycles, the projections that are being put out in the world, the more that not only are we restoring ourselves to peace, but the more that we are holding the peace for others so that we're not perpetuating their pain cycle, but instead holding space for them in such a way that they can return to peace. Mm -hmm. And then we're in a very different space. Yeah. Samantha, I want to thank you so much for being on this, on this walk with me and on this conversation. I so greatly appreciate it anytime. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) Very fun. Thank you for joining me for this episode of On This Walk. Before signing off, please subscribe to the show and don't miss a single episode. Also, please rate and review us. This helps me greatly in getting the word out about this show. And remember, this is just the start of our conversation. To keep it going, ask questions, add your own thoughts. Join the ongoing conversation by just heading over to onthiswalk.com and click on community in the upper right-hand corner. It's free to join. Until we go on this walk again, I'm Luke Iorio. Be well.